Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. This morning, that God's plan is my obsession. God's plan is my obsession. The word obsession means something that I'm continually preoccupied with. Something that I'm continually preoccupied with. Or also means my compelling motivation. God's plan is my motivation. And we see that in Jesus' life. In John chapter 4, verse 34, he says, My food or my meats in the King James, that my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It's not just enough for us to start God's plan. I'm into the finishing of it. I'm into the fullness of it. I'm into the completion of it. You know, when I was about 17, 16, 17 years old, God started putting on my heart to, to minister the word. And my, uh, uh, my personality at that time was very shy, very timid. I didn't want to be in front of people. Don't ever give me a microphone. Don't ever ask me to stand in front of people. I will do anything else, anything else. I will wipe the toilets. I will clean the sink. I will wipe babies' butts all day long. But I don't want to be in front of people. And... Uh, you know, something that I've learned that God didn't ask me what I wanted to do, right? God didn't consult with me and give me a checklist and say, pick out which one of these things you would like to do for me. Amen. But see, when you love God, it's easy to do what God asks you to do. When God is your obsession, when God is your passion, it's easy to do what he's called you to do. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified. They'll put it up here on the screen, I believe. But what sustained Jesus in his life was fulfilling God's plan. You'll see several times, you know, in Luke chapter 4, if you've ever read it, Jesus was out in the wilderness, and he was tempted, and he came back in the fullness of the Spirit. And then in Luke 4, 18, he goes to the place in the Bible, and he says this in Isaiah, and he reads, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal, to, to break off that oppression. And then afterwards, he says, today it's been fulfilled in your hearing. He said, today I'm walking in the plan that God has for me. Today I'm starting the path that God has for me. You know what? You know what they did to him? They tried to stone him. They tried to throw him off the cliff. Amen? But he walked through that, out of that, untouched. Why? Because he was in God's plan. He was in God's plan. The next thing he did, he started teaching. He started preaching. And the first thing he came against was a demon. A man that was full of demons. And he cast the demon out. And so then now all the people are saying, oh, stay with us. We want you to stay with. They were begging him to stay. And he says, my purpose is to go preach to the people. And so we have to know that we have a purpose. That God has a plan for our lives. It doesn't look like anyone else's plan. I can't walk down Pastor Morgan's path. I can't walk down Brother Amsey's path, but I have to walk down my path that God has ordained for me. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, 
I'm reading it from the Amplified. It says, for we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works. God has good works for us, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. God already has your plan, your path already ready for you. It's already been ordained, it's already been anointed, and it's already been provided for. Everything you need has already been provided for on that path. The finances you need, the healing that you need, the provision that you need, the grace that you need to do to fulfill God's plan in your life is there waiting on you. It's there waiting on you to get to that point. And you know what? When God started dealing with me when I was 17 or 18, I used the excuse, God, I'm too young. I'm too young. Do you know what else God knows your age? I found that out. Not only does he know my age, he knows everything else about me. And so I could use that excuse for a little bit of time. But God told me at that point, he goes, I want you to start preparing like you're going to be preaching every week. What was he doing? He was trying to get me to start preparing for my path, preparing to walk down my path. doesn't mean that I was going to start the next day, but I have to start preparing for what God has called me to do. God always has our plan and path ready for us. He's waiting for us to walk towards it. He's waiting for us to, to move towards that plan. And I'm going to give you a couple of, of nuggets this morning, I can say, or some things that God has shared or uh, revealed to me of how to walk out my plan with him, how to walk out that path with him. Because we're never too young to do something for God. We are never too, there's nothing about us that exempts us from walking down the path God has for us. And you can say, well, you don't know where I came from. God does. That is an exempt for, that God has a plan for your life. And every day, I need to be mindful of that plan. Every decision I make, I need to say, is this going to lead me towards the plan of God, or is this going to take me away from the plan of God? Is those people I'm hanging out, are they going to help me along my path, or are they going to put a bush in my path and hinder it? Amen. We have to understand that not everyone that comes in our lives, God has placed. God will put people in your lives to help you, to move you forward. The enemy will put people in your lives to hinder you, to move you back, to get you off a detour of your life. And it's up to you to make the decision, to make the choice of who I'm going to follow. The first thing we have to do is we have to talk to God about what he's called us to do. And then you've got to listen. And I say it like this. I go in talking to God not with my plans, not with my preconceived ideas, but I go in, Father, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you tell me I need to change, I'll change. Whoever I need to, to get out of my life, I'll get out of my life. You know, I've shared at camp before how I almost married the wrong person. Amen? I let someone be a hold in my life and keep me off the plan of God. And it got to a point that I said I have to either, I got to a T in the road. 
either I'm going to follow my will, my choices, or I'm going to follow what God has for me. And I'm so thankful that Jesus rescued me in that moment, that he gave me a, a, a vision. If I would went that path, what it was going to look like. But the path that God has planned for us is a path of peace. It's a path of joy. There's no sorrow in his path. So we have to talk to God about our path. And you say, well, I can't hear from God. You know the best way I learned to hear from God is to listen to the people God put in my life first. Listen, if you can listen to who God puts you in your life, who you can see, you'll become skillful in listening to the Holy Spirit who you can't see. Every week, God is speaking to you through your pastor. Every week when you come to church, God is moving you into the furtherness of his plan. And so when we choose not to show up to God's visitation on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, whenever you're, you are saying, God, your plan's not important to me. Amen? Whenever I choose to do something else besides going to church, submitting to my pastor, hearing what God has for me, I'm saying that my plan, my path is better than God's path. Every, I always look at it this. Every service I go to is taking me further into God's plan, further into God's plan. And so if I'm not going to God's, where God's being at, I'm not moving in his plan. Whenever I choose things over God, like what Pastor Jordan said last night, I'm choosing to worship that path than what God has ordained for me. The second thing we have to do is we have to prepare for what God has called us to do. And I want to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. You need to ask yourself, what am I doing to prepare for what God has for me? And you say, well, I don't know what God has for me. You know what? Doing nothing gets nothing. Doing nothing gets nothing. Put your hand to what your natural ability is, and God will bless that, anoint that, and you'll find where your grace lies. So many times we're waiting on God to just to magically appear and tell us the whole life plan of everything. And God's waiting for you just to take a step to do something. Amen? We have to take a step and do something. Do something for God. P Apostle Paul says that I was faithful. He counted me faithful and placed me in the ministry. If you're doing nothing, you can't count yourself faithful. You can't show faithfulness to God to be trusted with more. So we have to prepare for what God has called us to do. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Let no one despise or think less of you because of your youth, but be an example, a pattern for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. We'll go to the next verse. Till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading. So that's something we can do to prepare ourselves. Devote ourselves to the word of God to exhortation, preaching, and personing appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Build a foundation in yourself. In verse 14, do not neglect the gift that which is in you, that was the special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. In the next verse, practice, cultivate, meditate upon these duties. 
Practice, cultivate, meditate on what the word of God says about you, on what God has called you to do. To throw, throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. In the last verse, verse 16, look well to yourself, to your own personality, and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, hold to them, for by doing so you will save both yourself and those who hear you. See, the path of God for your life is just not just about you. It's very minimal about you, to be honest with you. It's about those that hear you. See, people that hear you, their victory is in hearing you. Their answers is in what you have. You know, Peter and John, they went to pray at the temple in Acts 4. And remember that there was a lame man there. He'd been lame for several years from birth. And he was asking for palms. And Peter and John said, I don't have that. But what I do have, what I do have, I give unto you. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. See, they had something on the inside of them to give out. In someone else's time of test and trial, in someone else's time of need, they had something that they could draw on to help someone else. See, if, if we're so lazy-minded, we're so uh, uh, un-God-minded, unspiritual-minded, when we come to those situations, we're going to have nothing to give. And that person is going to leave the same way they came because we didn't make the sacrifice of following God's plan for our lives, of building a foundation ourselves, giving ourselves to what God has. The third thing we have to do is sow into someone else's plan. You can't reap a harvest on something you didn't sow. You can't sow corn and think you're going to reap green beans. Amen. I get a little garden. I know that much. I don't know anything else about it, but that's it. But I know whatever I sow, I reap. If I want God to show me my plan for my life, what am I doing to help someone else fulfill their plan? And specifically, the man of God, the woman of God that God puts in your life, what are you doing to help fulfill their vision? What are you doing to help fulfill their plan? Even at no matter how old you are, you can do something to help fulfill the vision of your church. You can help do something to fulfill the plan of God for someone else in your life. And the last thing is, don't let fear hold you back. You know, I, I, uh, I told you how I, God had shared, put in my life, or started talking to me about ministering. And, uh, and that was not me. I was not one that, like I said, be in front of people. But I did what God told me to do. I kept preparing, and I, I did what he said to do. But then when I became about 20, 21, somewhere around that time, I became a registered nurse, went through schooling, did that. And I was working as a nurse for about a year, and I loved it. You know, and, and let me tell you this, too. Sometimes those things that are in you that God has placed in you, you see that in that natural. Because the reason I wanted to be, become a nurse is because I wanted to help people. I love seeing people in this situation right here at their lowest point and then helping them and seeing them get to go home or seeing them come out on the other side of it. You know, and I look at now, that, that was a, the, the things that God had placed in my life, what the path he had for me. And so I was, I was doing nursing and, and I loved it and I was doing all these things. I wanted to get certifications. I was being charged and, and doing all those things. And, and I remember one day I was going to work and I was just thinking about all these things that I'm going to do. 
And the Holy Spirit audibly said, what are you doing for what I've called you to do? Busted. Or my kids say roasted. And see, I had lost my focus of where God had called me to do. Not that I couldn't have a job. Not that I couldn't do those things, but I had veered off the path. Not that those things were bad, but I had veered off and lost the focus of what God had for me. And I had to get over my personality. See, sometimes we say, well, I can't do that because I'm not this, this way. You know what God told me? He told me to get over myself. He, he flat out did. He said, you're going to have to get over yourself. Because what it was, I was being selfish. Honestly. Because I was saying, God, but I'm like this. I, I'm like this. I can't do that because that, that's just not me. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? You're going to have to change your personality to adapt to what I've called you to do. Your personality does not tell you what you can or cannot do for God. Insecurities is from the pit of hell. Just being blunt with you this morning. Because what I found out is who I was in Christ. Insecurities will leave you whenever you find out who you are in Christ. Whenever you find out what the word says about you, insecurities can't stay. Because you feel, insecurities make you feel like you're insufficient. Like you're not good enough to do anything for God or for anyone else. But when I realized who lived in me, the all-sufficient one lived in me. So no longer am I insufficient, I am fully sufficient. There is an anointing and a grace upon us to fulfill whatever God has called us to do. Insecurity is diminishing what's in you. Insecurity diminishes, devalues what God has placed in you, what is living on the inside of you. Amen. We have to, uh, to not let fear move us, keep us from moving forward. Fear of messing up, fear of making a mistake. You know, one time uh, when the Holy Spirit was, was dealing with me on pastoring to starting a church, my husband and I, I'm telling you, it was such a difficult season in my mind because I felt that I wasn't sufficient enough to be that role. To be, I've served in my church, I've done everything capacity, but you know what? Being number two and being number one, big difference. Serving in your church, being ahead, whatever, is different than being the leader. And so that's why you need to pray for your pastors. They experience things that you'll never experience. They'll go through things that you'll never go through. And being raised up with my, with my parents pastoring, you know, I, I, I had that, that fear that I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I barely can live my life, let alone try to tell, help people to live theirs. But you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, I didn't ask you to do it. I asked you to rely on my grace to do it. I asked you to rely on the anointing that's in you, that I've placed in you to do it. You don't have to do things on your own. God didn't call you to do that. He called you to rely on the anointing and the grace that he has placed on your life to do that. Amen? Amen. So we can't allow fear to hold us back. And then the Holy Spirit also told me, he said, I would rather you 
step out in faith and make a mistake because I can help you. But if you stay back in fear, I can't help you. I can't work with fear, but I can work with someone who at least will step out in faith and do something and move something. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to just close with this, and the praise team can come up. The last thing I want to share with you is that do God's plan and joy. Do God's plan and joy. Living for God is not hard. Living for God is not hard. It's a joy. It's an honor to do whatever God has called you to do. Whenever I started pastoring, I, I finally became obedient, but I wasn't willing. I was obedient. I did it, but my heart wasn't, wasn't willing. And when I was driving home one day after a service, after just shortly starting the church, the Holy Spirit told me, he says, if you don't get in joy, I can't use you. No one wants to be around someone who's not joyful, who is just doing it because they have to. God wants you to be excited about doing his plan. Because, you know, have you ever bought a gift for someone and you know they're going to really like it? You know it's something that's the desires of their heart. You know that it's just everything and all that and more. And then when they get it, they're like, hmm, that's great. How big of a letdown is that? God has so much in store for you. God has so much prepared for you. God has so many things that he wants you to do. That he's not just called you just to sit there. He's called you to demonstrate his power to your generation. And we want to do it in joy. And not be fearful of what God has called us to do. Not be fearful to step out and witness to someone. You know, we got to make it the norm that you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's odd. Instead of you speak in tongues, you're weird. No, we got to change that mindset. Change that mindset. And I see so many times in where, where we're at now with young people is an identity crisis. They're trying to find their place. They're trying to find, you know, if I'm asexual, bisexual, if I'm, I'm this, I'm homosexual, I'm that, I'm that, you know, I'm trying to take these labels to make myself somebody. God has already made you somebody. His word has already made you somebody. I don't need a label from the world to tell me who I am. I need the word of God to tell me who I am. I don't have to go to college to find out who I am. I found out every Sunday coming in and listening to my pastor preach, and he leads me into furtherness of who I am in Christ Jesus. And then I start taking it. I start meditating on it. I start walking it out. You know what that'll do? That'll save you from a lot for having to be delivered from things. Amen. God has Go ahead and stand up with me before we go into worship. God has called you to great things. You don't need a label from the world to identify with. You don't need no trendy whatever. You know, whatever the Bible says, wherever there's confusion, there's every evil work. So I don't look to the world for my answers. I don't look to those labels for my identity. I look to the word of God.
And as I follow the word of God, his path becomes illuminated in my spirit. His path becomes brighter for me. And I don't have fear in that. I have joy and peace following him. Amen? Let's just worship him this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Father, for the plan that you have for us, Father. It's a great plan. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you that we don't have fear in our lives, Father. We're not fear of what you have for us, but we're walking boldly to that. We're walking boldly in what you've called us to do. We're walking boldly in the things that you have for us, Father. We come boldly to your throne this morning, Father. And we worship you and we praise you this morning. And as we praise you, we know that you're working our path, that you're putting everything we need in our path, that everything that I'm going to need is already being added to my path. It's waiting on me. It's waiting on me. It's waiting on me to praise my way to it. It's waiting on me to pray my way into it, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. Just come ahead up and let's worship him this morning. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.